I would encourage you not to set up a situation where it's any kind of power differential, if that makes sense. This is, you're not a kid begging your parent to let you do something. This is one adult partner being brave and vulnerable enough to share themselves. That's, that's powerful. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 10 of Focus Fridays. We're Finn and Emma, and as usual, if you're not your normal... If you're not your normal self, it's because it's a Friday and you just got fucked over all week at work. (laughs) I can't say that. You don't have to. I just said it. (laughs) Okay. If you aren't a normal listener to our show, this is not... Hey, all of our listeners are normal. Yeah, okay. If you aren't a regular... Better? If you aren't a regular listener to our show, we typically interview people and have them share their stories of exploring non- non-monogamy. This is not that. This is a specific topic-based episode. And today we're talking about bringing up non-monogamy to your partner. Yes, ma'am. And real quick... If you're looking for the other nine episodes, you can obviously find them. They've all been published now. So there's really no incentive to do what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) But if you still want to do it, that's awesome. (laughs) Because I promise if you do it, you will feel really good about yourself. Yep. And there's only one way to prove me wrong, and that's to do it. And and, not feel good? And then then tell me, email me and tell me you don't feel good. Okay. So So what you can do is you go to the normalizingnonmonogamy.com website on the internet. You click on the courses tab. Then once you're there, you're going to find a link. It's going to take you to a place. That place is going to let you download all 10 episodes at once, even though you already could. But you're going to get them all at once. All together. And it's going to give you the opportunity to make a contribution to help the show and to support all of the contributors who helped us make this possible. Oh, don't you feel good now? Yeah, so go do that. I feel like I was getting paid $4.99 a minute. To- <laughs> I feel like you were too. That, that could have been good. Anyway. Thank you to everyone in advance for doing that. It's awesome. And thank you to all of the contributors who made this series possible. We're super excited to have put it together. And, you know, hopefully we got a season two on the horizon. Yeah, we hope so. All right. So anyway, what are we talking to Catherine about? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. We got a little ahead of ourselves. So Catherine, as we mentioned in episode two of the Focus Fridays, she is a counselor and relationship coach, and she's on episode 57 as well with her husband, Ray. Her business is Expansive Connections. Links will be in the show notes. A few other quick notes. We have four voicemails in this episode, and the sound quality does change slightly with the callers, as you'll notice. Um, we do reference that Casey and Laura are some of the callers, and they are episode 105, also in the show notes. And we also reference Mr. and Mrs. Sting. Their podcast is Just Keep Swinging. So again, links to all of that will be in the show notes. I think that's it. I think so. I think I've, I think we did it. <laughs> Let's go hear our conversation and hopefully give everyone some tips and tricks. Okay. All right. Well, Catherine's back. Back again. 
third time. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so this this time we're in the trenches, lessons from people who called in, left us voicemails, or wrote in to you, Catherine, about ways that they've brought up non-monogamy. Specifically, these are mostly swinging related, but I think some of the tools are uh, applicable across the board. But So we've got some voicemails to listen to, and then we're going to kind of talk about what they did what they should have done maybe, or what they could have done different and better. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds great. Yeah. All right. And uh, should we give Catherine a quick moment to introduce yourself again, just in case people haven't caught you on the first two times and then we'll jump into it. Yes, please. I'll do this a super short one and say, you got to listen to the others to hear the real. Perfect. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> but my name is Catherine. Um, I have been a counselor for 15 years right now, though. My, my work is focused in the coaching realm and I coach relationships, non-monogamous relationships, mostly helping people navigate the surprise things that come up for them is probably the best way to say it and helping them use those, what they, what they come to me calling struggles how to use these quote struggles to either to continue on in non-monogamy or not, but the goal being that they feel closer to each other. Um, so I do one-on-one and some group coachings offerings and speak at some events. And I also am a yoga teacher and teach some sensual couples yoga classes with my business. My business is called Expansive Connection. Awesome. Cool. And and you are yourself exploring it with your husband. So you have firsthand experience. You're not just sitting on the outside looking in at us in the fishbowl. Right. I, I go beyond non-monogamy friendly. <laughs> I, uh, I am one of you. <laughs> but you only do it for professional reasons. We understand. Right, right. Well, at least that's what it looks like on my taxes. You know, I'm, doing all, I'm going to all of these events, you know, for business purposes. Of course. Exactly. Well, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's jump into the first one, and then we'll talk about it. Hey, I think I'm on. Okay. Uh, hi, Emma and Finn. My name is Mike. I am not a longtime listener, but definitely an avid listener and first-time caller. So you want to hear about how people talk to their partners about opening up their relationships. And um, I was pretty ass-backwards in the way that I did it uh, for kind of the beginning of my relationship with my now fiance, I had, uh, you know, I'd always brought up like swinging as a possibility or introducing a third partner, but I never really told her I actively wanted to do it. I just said, Hey, is this something that you would be into? Or I would put on a documentary or something like that while we were just relaxing. And I'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. They do that. Do you think ever you could ever do that or, or whatever, something like that, or, you know, show her a little bit of porn that had something in it. And I kind of gauged her, her responses to that, which wasn't a definite, yeah, let's do it. But it was more of a, yeah, you know, I'd I'd have to see, but I think, you know, I'm not opposed to it. So with that, I kind of didn't bring it up very frequently, but I had found myself on a trip for work recently. uh, Well, back in March now. And while I was on that trip, I ended up interacting with a with a young lady who uh, there was definitely a connection there, which isn't something that's that's frequent with me. I mean, I, I am, you know, a talkative person. I'm a I'm a charming person. And, you know, even if someone's been into me, I've always been like, oh, well, I I have a girlfriend or I have a fiance. We're good. Uh, but she and I definitely had some sort of chemistry and it left me feeling guilty just that the chemistry was there. We didn't do anything physical. And we didn't even talk about doing anything either. Uh, so when I had gotten back to 
my home in New York, I spoke to my fiance and I said, I feel super guilty about just being attracted to this other person. And she was like, well, thank you so much for telling me. And I'm like, yeah, I know that you said you would have liked to have tried opening up the relationship. I don't even think I used that term then. I was so uneducated. I, I probably said poly. I probably said, I know you said you'd be open to being polyamorous. You know, do you think you might want to start trying to get into it? A little bit more context. She ha- and I had just had a pregnancy scare prior to that, and it kind of went over my head. I was like, all right, well, you're not pregnant. We're good. And then went from there. But she was like really freaking out over it. And the first thing I did was bring up bringing another person into our relationship, or at least allowing me to be with another person outside of our relationship. And that didn't really go over well. And I have an obsessive personality. So once I start getting into something, I learn everything about it. And she was like, well, yeah, I, I know I said, you know, I've said that I might be into that, but, you know, now's not really the time. And I was like, okay. And then I searched up polyamory on my podcast app. I came across Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast. And from there is when I started learning everything I could. And through listening to other people's stories and then, you know, uh, listening to Life on the Swing Set and the Multiamory podcast, uh, that was when I discovered, wow, I really approached this the wrong way. So I went a while without talking to her about it and learned everything I could about how other couples have done it, all the different ways, the different distinctions uh, under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. And when I was felt I was more educated, that's when I brought her into it again and started talking to her about it. And we are kind of in the beginning steps of opening up our relationship. And it's she's talking to someone, which is amazing. And, you know, there's plans for them to actually be physical at some point in the future. And I'm working through that. And I'm talking to a couple of summons as well. That is also a possibility. Uh, So, you know, it was a very backwards way to go into it, but I was able to kind of educate myself, learn more and go from there. So that's how we did it. Mike from New York. Thanks a lot for putting out the podcast, guys. Listen every week. Totally love it. Keep doing the work you're doing. Have a good one, guys. All right. So, so first of all, Mike, thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable to share with us and the 7 million listeners, what, <laughs> what, what, what went down. But I guess on your end, Catherine, the f- first thing, the, the strategy about sort of bringing it up little bits at a time, you know, finding a documentary, sort of like leaking bits and pieces. How, how do you feel about that as a strategy? Yes, Mike, thank you so much for your vulnerability to share that. You know, I, I think that doing a little, you like how you said leaked it, and I think I called it I would think of it kind of like gauging the interest. I think doing that a little bit at the beginning is is not a bad strategy just to sort of gauge the the reaction. See if this is a hell no or a maybe or God, I thought you'd never ask or did you read my mind? I mean, because that is certainly going to inform how you move forward. What I, what I think I would say if I could have been in Mike's ear coaching him from the get-go would be that continuing to leak this and, and drop hints or, or gently gauge after a while, I I think that he he missed an opportunity early. He got there, but missed opportunities along the way, early along the way to really be seen and heard and understood and loved anyway. And as we've talked about um, last time that I was on your podcast, that's what most all of us humans want seen, heard, understood, and loved anyway. And so this whole like, Yes. So I heard there are some swingers that live down the street. What do you think about them? 
instead of saying, I am curious about non-monogamy, hiding behind these gauging strategies is a missed opportunity to feel really hurt by his girlfriend in that way. Well, right. And you may never, if like if you say it the first way, and if you're just kind of like putting these things on and your partner may be thinking, well, that looks awesome and super fun, but I don't want to say that because I don't know what, what they're thinking. Right. And okay. so you, you, at a certain point, like, yeah, the, the drip, drip, drip is okay, but you kind of have to get to a point where you're like, Hey, you know, I, I really thought that was interesting. I'm, I'd be open to talking more about that. If you, like, you have to give them something to make them feel safe to talk to you as well. Absolutely. I also wanted to give Mike huge kudos for being so honest about his interaction on the business trip. Yeah. I thought that part of it was just amazing. I agree. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And in some ways that's, that's the first toe in of non-monogamy, right? To admit that we think that we're attracted to other people. Oh my goodness. Think about how many monogamous couples, not all, but many monogamous couples would be terrified to say that or to know that about their partner. And so great way to start to be honest. And it sounds like other than the timing, which of course is everything, that openness and that honesty helped her probably feel really comfortable and confident with Mike that he, that he was coming about this from a place of openness and honesty. And was able and and also kudos to his his fiance who was able to meet him with such grace and openness and then they connected over that openness right mm-hmm. rather than having her just jump to be like oh well you just want to do this because you want to go bang the girl from your business trip right, right? like because right. that's there's an easy that's an easy place to jump to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think his point of where he did kind of mess it up was timing. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he could have improved the timing on bringing that up and make sure that his fiance was in a better place and that the two of them were past that pregnancy scare and just in a, like maybe a little better place before dropping that ball. I would blame that on being a dumb dude who doesn't know (laughs) like the impact of like, we're part of the pregnancy as well, but it's not our body. It's not like, so, so it was probably a way bigger deal to her, obviously, Mm -hmm. than it was Mm -hmm. to him. And not that that's an excuse, but sure. Or another thing I would say is that it might be, you know, Mike admitted that he had a bit of a obsessive personality that if he was in some way sort of obsessing about this and, and thinking about it, it was taking up so much brain space. He may not have been as available to be sensitive to, or open to what was going on with her. And so I think that that's probably a good uh, lesson moving forward, you know, for people looking at this to say, just because you've been thinking about this so much doesn't mean that your partner has. And in all you're thinking about this all within your own head, have you missed anything? So start from that place of connection. How have you been like level three, not the surface level schedules, blah, 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 blah. But like what's going on in your soul? What's going on in your heart to again, start this from a place of connection. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what he did when, he, you know, he went and found every podcast under the sun and did that. And I think, first of all, like, that's amazing, right? That you go and you get super educated on this. But when you go back to your partner, you have to remember that they probably haven't done that. And so if you show up and you're like, here's 740 podcasts, I'm ready to talk about them when you're done listening. And then you're sitting there like, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Maybe you should listen to like two or three and then give them to your partner so that. (laughs) Well, I mean, or listen to them all, but you just have to understand when you show up and say, here's 17 weeks worth of research I've done. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, oh, so we're already doing this. They're already, they assume you're already in. They're not in the same place. Absolutely. Well, also they say, oh, this is your thing. Yeah. 
again, it isn't starting as a team. So sure, I mean, always research is great, but I always would encourage people, again, if I could get in their ear earlier, don't do so much research before you bring it. Because then it's it's almost like a it's created a separation between the two of you because now you have all this knowledge and they don't. It could almost feel like a betrayal or like you and all your podcast people are ganging up right. on her. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> so do that research and explore together so it continues to to soothe that attachment worry where your partner knows we are doing this as a team. Right. Yeah. Not just so I can go bang the lady from my business trip. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Approach it as a team from the very beginning. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think overall, I mean, yeah, off to a rocky start, but sounds like they've reeled it in and they're figuring it out. And that's super exciting that they've both, they're on the same team now, it seems. And, that's and I'd, I'd say his overall strategies weren't terrible, but he could have maybe <laughs> corrected a few missteps here and there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, with all that research, at least he knows where to go to get help along the yeah. way as he's starting as they're, as they're moving through. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So kudos, Mike rocked it. Yes. Okay. Voicemail number two. Let's go. Slightly shorter. The topic of non-monogamy came up with my husband and I, after he had asked for a threesome over several years and not really asking, I wouldn't say that he kind of just like brought up how cool it would be. And then when I was ready, I said, well, I'd like to try it to just be with a girl to see if that's something that I would even be interested in. And so we started listening to a ton of podcasts after a girl that I was talking to recommended it because we never even thought about the lifestyle before that. And then I kind of brought up how fun it sounded and how different and unique. And he really liked it, but he denied to like it he was just like oh i'd love to like talk to these people and go to parties and see what they're like because i'm sure they have cool stories but really he um i think he was more interested than what he led on to be and then we had the experience with the girl he wasn't involved but he watched and then we decided that it was more fun if there was more interaction and so we went to a swinger party and we played with each other and we kind of watched all that happen. And I think we're getting more comfortable with the lifestyle, but essentially podcasts, lots and lots and lots of podcasts like yours. All right. Again, testing the water, but just going at the, how cool would that be, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So again, kind of missing that opportunity to to be right. seen um, and heard and understood and loved anyway, instead of actually saying, this is me and this is what I want and this is what I'm interested in. Can you handle me? Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you love me anyway? It does sound like they've slowly been stepping their toes in, which I think is a good strategy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going, they went to a, a party or a club and, were with each other and just went to check it out. And I think that's a really good strategy too, because then you can go and experience and see if it's even something you would want to continue with or not. Yeah. Um, like go in without the expectation of playing with others. I, I was just going to say, I will say though, that the strategy of bringing it up and saying how cool it would be. I mean, it, it obviously made her feel like when she was ready, she could bring it back up to him. So I, it can't, sure, sure. can't I, fault absolutely. it. Absolutely. Again, I don't, I don't think that that's a bad way, again, to gauge it, 
Cause he was definitely saying he wasn't doing it in the judgy. Like, have you heard about those swingers in the neighborhood? He was saying it with, I'm, I think it's cool, but it was still hiding behind. It was closer, but there was still a little bit of holding yeah. back. Another thing I want to mention is that, you know, if I think when people are, are a little scared to show that, um, of course, I guess it's the fear of, of hearing no, but I think that it can be important to know that when people say, if, 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 if this woman had said, no, I'm not interested, that doesn't mean, and I think you're a freak. Right. Yeah. It just means, you know, I do understand that you want that and I can see it and I can hear you and I can understand I can love you anyway. And it doesn't necessarily mean what I want that I would want to yeah. do. Luckily, it didn't seem to happen that way. But also like how she said, here is what I would be comfortable with. And so she brought up, like, kind of set a boundary in that way. Like, I'm not willing to jump all in, but here's what I would be interested in and 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 comfortable exploring. I really liked how she set those boundaries for herself yeah. in that way. And something else that I that kind of maybe went over people's heads is that that he brought this up as you know being cool over the course of a couple of years. You know, he wasn't he mm-hmm. presumably wasn't bringing this up every other day, being like how about that cool threesome? How about, you know, like at a certain point, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, dude, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I fucking heard you yesterday and the day before <laughs> and this morning at breakfast. So you have to, you have to space right. that out and patience. Yeah. Patience. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And also loved that they listened to the podcast together, as I was saying from last time. So that was great. One of the tips that I give some of my clients and they always laugh at me and I always just own it that I'm a nerdy counselor type, but I, I encourage people to schedule podcast dates. <laughs> so to use this as conversation starters. So like you set a date, you pick an episode, you both listen to it on your own and kind of do some homework, type some notes, or, you know, t- uh, tap out some notes on your phone and then sit down for some juicy conversation because it can help to externalize it. Like, Oh, well, you know, when, when Emma said this and then Finn did that, I thought, yeah, I could totally get where he was coming from. So they could talk about you guys while while gently starting to open up to what their what their true desires are, and you know they're like, really, you and your husband would talk about a podcast on a date? I'm like, it's better than talking about our kid or my mom or our holiday <laughs> yeah. schedules. Like, I could think of worse conversations on date nights. Well, and it could go, I mean, to some really deep conversations, and also lead to some fun fantasy too. Like, there's there's a yes. lot of ways that could go. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well. Absolutely. Thank you for calling in and for sharing the story and for the uncanny impression of your husband. I thought it was spot on. <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> and I'm, I hope he does too. <laughs> All right. Next up. Next up. Hey, Emma and Finn. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a call and let you know how my wife and I brought up non-monogamy in our relationship. So we've been together for 20 years, married 11. And in order to spice up our uh, sex life, we decided we both really enjoyed reading erotica. And so we would find stories that we found very interesting or were a big turn on for us. And we would text back and forth stories and kind of get us charged up and and kind of uh, extended foreplay throughout the day. And that would usually lead to fun times in the bedroom. A few times it happened where, for whatever reason, you know, we tried and just couldn't find any stories that appealed to either one of us. And so I remember laying in bed one night and it was one of those nights where we didn't find any stories. I asked my wife to just recall one of her more sexy memories, you know, from years past that I wasn't involved in. So we did that a few times and and I found it was a really big uh, turn on for me for, for 
you know, to hear about these experiences that didn't involve me. And yeah, she could tell I really got a charge out of it. So one night she told me a particularly good story and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And she noticed it very much so and said, wow, you'd you'd really like to see me do that, wouldn't you? And I remember being just absolutely shocked and stunned, but at the same time, uh, so excited at the idea. So that's kind of how the conversation started. You know, and it, and it didn't lead to us, you know, getting in, you know, becoming non-monogamous right away. It it really was just a very slow buildup of, you know, her saying, you know, yes, we enjoyed the fantasy, but that's just kind of it right now. This will never really happen in real life, but it's a lot of fun. So let's keep talking about it. And slowly that escalated and we decided that, you know, that it did sound fun. So here we are today, uh, non-monogamous and, and loving every moment of it. And so that's our story. You know, it's it's an ever-evolving story and one that we both really enjoy having together. One idea, you know, I, I remember hearing a podcast where this sort of thing was, was asked about before, you know, well, how do I ask my partner or how do I bring this up? And, and you know, we're all afraid to bring it up, uh, you know, in fear that our partner may really reject it or, or you know, think differently of us and, and really change the dynamic of the relationship uh, just because of a simple question or, or something. So one idea that I always thought would work well is bringing it up as a dream, something, you know, as simple as, hey, I had this dream last night. It was it was crazy. And, and this and this and this happened. And wow, isn't that crazy? What do you think of that? And it gives you a nice out because it's your subconscious. It, it has, you know, really, it's not something you've been thinking about. It's just happened. So I thought that would be a, a, a creative way, I thought, to bring up non-monogamy in a relationship. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to share our quick little story. Yeah, I hope you guys liked it and keep doing uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, you're probably my one of my favorite podcasts. Always a joy when I wake up and I've got a notification that there's a new one out to listen to. So keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. Well, I'm- first of all, thank you, as always, for, for calling in. And for people who are astute followers of the show, they may have heard a little bit of this story before on a recording we did with Casey and Laura. Yes. So, spoiler alert, you can hear a lot more detail on this one if you mm-hmm. listen to a previous episode. I really liked how they looked to ways to spice up their relationship and were like telling each other stories and looking for erotic stories. And it's a really fun way to spice up your, your sex life. And then it kind of snowballed from there. I mean, it could or it could not, right? Well, again, love the team. They, they decided together how they wanted to do it in a way that both of them would feel comfortable. I also like to remind people that even that is a bit of a form of non-monogamy, right? You're inviting other people into your bedroom virtually in your imagination. You're talking about other people. And, and I think sometimes people think that non-monogamy only happens what when you're physical with another person, what when you're having an emotional connection with, when you're texting with someone, what is the start of it? And it, so if it had just stayed in that for them to have been able to have a very full sex life based on adding that part, agreeing how to make this more enjoyable together. Yeah. And being able to share stories and, you know, Again, this is sort of that maybe some of the stories have elements of of threesomes or orgies or non-monogamy in them, but not every single story is built around that. And then, you know, I think the idea of bringing it up and like, uh, hey, would you be interested in telling me something that you've done from your past? Like that's 
that's that's not a bad way to go. I mean, you you do have to be prepared that they're like, uh, no, like why would I want to tell you about that? But <laughs> it's a it's kind of a non threatening way to kind of have a peek into that. Well, and I thought that was a really interesting idea too. And it's interesting, I guess, thinking about it from from where where I work, where what I the kind of the ends of things that I work is so often people come to me dealing with jealousy that asking to hear about a past lover could be a really great way to gauge and kind of have a litmus for, for what, if you may experience jealousy later, because I think that probably an ex lover would have the potential to bring up as much, if not more jealousy, even than a partner that you choose together. Or if you're, you know, if you're doing this in a more adult way, thinking back, we've all thought about like, Oh, you know, Ray's Ray's ex girlfriend was really tiny and 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 I'm I'm tall. Does he does he did he like that better? You know, we all I think have had some insecurities when we look at our partner's exes. So that's an interesting way not only to bring it up, but I think for the person ready to hear that story as a way a way to have a litmus about their level of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, being wary that that first time they may not want to go into all the details because they're going to be afraid mm-hmm. of freaking you out right like if they're telling you like oh yeah i was i came 75 times and you've never like you don't want that (laughs) they're probably not going to go there on the first time or maybe they are i don't know what advice would you give someone to if they brought it up and asked their partner and their partner was like oh hell no i'm not talking about that what would what would you say I'm asking both of you. Well, (laughs) yeah i mean i I think it's i would i would go straight to the to exploring what's going on. Like, Oh, I, you know, I can hear that that feels scary for you. What do you, what are you nervous about? What are you nervous? My reaction would be, have I made it, have I made it feel unsafe to say these mm-hmm. things to me? Or is it an, another partner that was like, I hate all your ex-boyfriends. What's going on there. And so if you feel shut down, this is one of my little cues, try to get curious, not furious. Yeah. What's yeah. Going on there. Awesome. How about you, Finn? Any 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 other advice for that? Yeah, I, I think that, and then being being able to say, hey, you know, if you're not comfortable tonight, like we can we can table it, revisit it, bring it up when you're comfortable. If you want to talk about it again, I'm always happy to hear about it, but I don't want you to mm-hmm. to feel like you have to. Kind of goes to, back to the being patient thing. Yeah, which leads to another thing. I thought that this couple did well is the the slow build up. You know, in general, I think it's always probably best served to go at the pace of the more hesitant partner so that no one feels pushed or rushed or in over their head because then all you're going to get is a fear response and that that is more of a contraction than an expansion yeah Yeah, for sure and and maybe the last piece to touch on is the dream strategy which i think much like the erotica strategy and the uh, all of the other things the the, the drip 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 right I think that the, it's a good way to do it, but you, again, you have to be able to, at a certain point, say like, I had another one of those dreams and you know, I found it really sexy. I didn't think I would, but I really did. Like, You have to be able to, again, shed light on what you're feeling. Absolutely. Like, just not hiding behind your fear of being rejected yeah. for yeah. too long. Yeah. The, only, the other thing I wanted to mention about that one is he mentioned something about being a little scared to change the dynamic. And I hear this a lot. Like, Oh, well, what if bringing this up changes changes us or we can't recover from it? And one of the things that I always like to remind people in relationship is that not being honest with your partner about who you really are will change the, the dynamic of the relationship because you drip by drip, if you will, stop bringing your most authentic self to your partner. 
So yes, bringing it up and sharing fully may change some things. But if you know that about yourself and you're not willing to be vulnerable and open with your partner, that's going to change the dynamic too. So it's not like one's the easy choice and one's the hard. They're both scary and difficult, but don't think you just, by not saying anything, everything will just stay the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. One, one more recording and then a couple of other surprises. (laughs) And a couple of messages. Okay. Hi, I'm Mr. Sting. And I'm Mrs. Sting. And we're here to record our story of how we brought up the lifestyle to each other for non-monogamy. And that was all started by you, wasn't it, Mrs. Sting? Yeah, it started with me about 30 years ago. I was working with my best friend and we'd have conversations. And one day we were talking about how you love blowjobs. And she said she loves to give blowjobs, but her husband at the time didn't like blowjobs. And I said, well, he just hasn't had a good one. Maybe, you know, maybe I need to give him one. So we made arrangements that night and. Well, and basically you brought (laughs) it up to me. So we didn't, we didn't, we we didn't think about it as being non-monogamous or anything. It was just, we were all friends already. We already spent time together. And it was just like, I just remember you telling me, okay, tonight they're coming over. You're supposed to wear sweatpants and we're (laughs) <laughs> she's going to give you a blowjob and I'm going to give him a blowjob and we'll see what's what. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> they, we just, I don't know how many hours we sat there talking, <laughs> but no one pulled the trigger. But at the same time, even though nothing happened that night, that was the start of our journey. non-monogamous journey, you know, that experience and that night and, and the conversations that followed right, as and the that years couple, progressed. And they became our first and yes. continuous for a long time and led us here. Yes. To where we are today. So so this one is not quite as serious, maybe, as some of them, but First off, thank you to yes. Mr. and Mrs. Sting for calling in. They have a podcast called Just Keep Swinging. Yep. So check that one out. So my first comment is for ease of access, you're gonna want to go with the tearaway button pants. <laughs> I got to say, Mrs. Sting, like your practicality of the sweatpants, I laughed out loud. I was like, well, she's like, we got a job to do. It's called a blow job. So we're going to wear the easiest pants. Like I thought that was your efficiency. It was cracking me up. You were a lady after my own heart. <laughs> I agree. That was priceless. <laughs> All right. So, the, so, so this one got started because she was just trying to help a friend out who loved, who, who loved to suck dick and her husband wasn't into it. <laughs> So I gotta say, love the openness in that in that friendship. I like, know that was one of the things that struck me is that, like, wow, what just for for these women to be able to talk about this and the trust that they must have had with each other for each other, that's a beautiful thing that you don't hear very often. So I was really thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not very often that you find that you have a girlfriend that you can go down that road. Like, well, my husband likes blowjobs a lot. You like giving them, but your husband doesn't, and so let's fix that. Yeah. Let's try that. Well, you never yeah, know. And, that, and then you just come home and you're like, hey, honey, Cindy really wants to give you a blowjob. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And again, I mean, I think we we maybe experience that once we're, you know, those of us that are in non-monogamy and practicing it, you know, the physical and so- sexual parts of that. But for girlfriends who are working yeah. together to just have that level of openness to talk about it, that really struck me. That was cool. Yeah. That's yeah. the amazing piece, I think, too. Yeah. It's awesome. I, th- I think this one we, we wanted to play just because it's it's awesome to hear, like, their dynamic and, and mm-hmm. how open they are as people and that 
that, that those types of people are out there and you can think that the whole of the U.S. is a bunch of puritanical prudes, but I don't, mm-hmm. I think we've learned that that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody that's wearing sweatpants is to be comfortable. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. True. Yep. I will wonder forever though, if maybe the sweatpants were the reason nothing happened that first night. Oh, <laughs> maybe they're, they're not the sexiest pants. I mean, no. you know, just to look at, <laughs> um, but again, you know, the, these two admitted their desires to each other. They were not scared to, to say, here are things. And, and this is, think about that 30 years ago, before there was any sort of normalizing to this, to say, I might be a freak, but you need to know me. And to hear, well, me too. It allowed them to be seen and heard and understood and loved anyway by each other. And probably one of the most important um, ingredients for their 30 year strong relationship. Right. So good work. Yeah. Awesome. No, that was awesome. So thank you again, Stings for sharing. Well, thank you to everyone who called in for the voicemail. Uh, We were super grateful to receive all of those. And now we have a couple of uh, not voicemails, messages, emails that actually came to you, Catherine, uh, from mm-hmm. a couple of people. And the first one... And, the, and this was regarding just the question you threw out there. What what was the question that you asked the community on your end? I happen to know that um, that these two people had... Had, t- had been courageous to ask their partner about non-monogamy. So I already knew that they had done it. And I also knew that it had gone well. I know that they are actively practicing it. And so I just said, you know, we're, we're putting together this. What are your lessons? How, what, what would be your, your thoughts, your tips, your, oh gosh, don't do what I did. And these are some of the answers I got from them. Yeah. So the first, the first one, I guess we'll just read a couple of the bullet points that, that they sent over. Yeah. And it's from, you can say who it's from. Um, he wanted to make sure that I told everyone that he is a very, very attractive and sweet. (laughs) And and humble. And humble. Oh yeah. Uh, It's from Mr. Sexy senior couple. Or it could be senior couple. Senior. We don't know, do we? Which accent should you read it in, Emma? (laughs) I'm going to leave it the way I had for right right now. Okay. (laughs) How can you explain to your partner that it is not that she is not enough for you, but that you think being non-monogamous would enrich both of your lives even more? That was his first point. Second point, Mm -hmm. that you are not just doing this so you can sleep with other women, but that you can also enjoy the excitement and shared closeness that comes with non-monogamy. And third point, after listening to podcasts and couples who are in the lifestyle explain how they have become so much closer and communicate so much better that that is what you want for your relationship. Sure, there may be sex involved, but the main thing you are looking for is to build a stronger bond between the two of you. So I think the overall theme for all of those three points are the idea that it's a team, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And Mr. Sexy, sexy senior couple said that it was fine for me to share that he is a client, that they're clients of mine. And and I think that when I worked with them, that was her biggest fear was feeling like after being married to this person for a long time, that it almost felt like an ultimatum or there was a him against her. And then it was, he, she was worried that it was me and him against her. And I was going to try to push some agenda or something, which of course is not what I do. And so he was asking me to help him get that message across to explain that I want to talk to my wife the way Mr. and Mrs. Jones talk to each other after being mm-hmm. married for 30 years, you know, that we've been married that long and that's what, how I want us to talk. And I want that closeness. And again, getting the fear response down of the ultimatum or feeling threatened or, or pushed so that she could see this as being a team endeavor, something that could bring them closer. Once that message was clear, then they did 
all the right steps to, to move along in this way where I would say whatever the gauge of successful is, what my gauge would be is that they are participating in activities that they both want to do and they feel closer doing it and they are nailing that. Yeah. Nice. And then the other quick piece he brought up was another point later on in his email said that the person bringing it up should not present it, present it as an ultimatum. I think mm-hmm. that's super critical because you obviously don't want your partner to feel threatened. And it kind of goes back to the yeah. team thing as well. But I think it's worth saying because, uh, and reiterating, because if you set an ultimatum that obviously you either move forward and have your partner be okay with it or you're like nothing well, else. It's either we're doing this or, or we're not, not going to be together. <laughs> right. I right? think and that's the, that's the ultimate fear is that you want to give that person a safe out. If they start doing it and they're like, Hey, you know, I really wanted to try this, but, I don't, I don't like it. You don't want them to be afraid to come back to you and say, I'm, you know, I tried it. I'm not into it. And now they're going to be doing this thing that they don't really want to be doing because they're afraid if they say no, that you're going to walk away from them. Then they're not showing up authentically. Right. And that's going to hurt the connection. So yeah, absolutely. Great point. Okay. The second one. So the, the second one is from Mr. Mark sexy. Also very humble, Mark. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing says, when when the time comes to make the ask, I would not wine and dine your mate, but I would set the time aside without distractions so you can talk at length. So this is the old butter them up, take them out to a $200 dinner. And then (laughs) just before the check comes, you're like, oh, by the way, you know, Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, it, it makes that whole interaction feel like it was disingenuous or even transactional. Like, well, I bought you this really nice dinner. So you better say yes to whatever question I ask at the end. Yeah. And um, so there's that, that kind of transactional piece, but then there's also, I would encourage you not to set up a situation where it's any kind of power differential. If that makes sense, this is, you're not a kid begging your parent to let you do something. This is one adult partner being brave and vulnerable enough to share themselves. That's, that's powerful. And it's one adult partner to another adult partner. I think the idea of setting aside a time without distractions, making sure that your partner's in a place, this is just like what we talked about with our intentional conversations, making sure they're in a good place to actually hear this. As we talked about with, with Mike's call in, check in, like what's going on with your heart? You know, there's, there's some things that I really want to share with you. You know, is there anything you want to share with me, anything going on for you? So being honest that you want to talk about something that's hard and ask for that safe place to do it and and ask them to be a safe, safe landing place for you to share a vulnerability, but definitely not with wine and $200 check. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So great advice, Mark. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that he did touch on to one of his comments was one, one item that will come up is STIs. Do the research and know what you're getting into and be prepared to talk about the risks and, and having this conversation. I think that's another good point because, you know, you can be scared about losing your partner. But the, the other big piece of this is the, the health risk that is that is inherent in some of what we're doing. And there's a lot of arguments whether this is riskier or just outdating as a single person in the world. But the, the, this is a perceived uh, risk. Right. Well, and you doing your research a little bit ahead of time and or at least bringing it up that it may be a concern of your partners and show that it may it is a concern of yours keeps that mm-hmm. you know, more in a safe space. Like, okay, this is a concern of both of ours. I'm bringing this up along with the topic of non-monogamy, but I know that this might be a sticking point and I want to say, okay, 
well, let's do what we can to be safe. We can take calculated risks and we can move forward together. Or if that's not an option, well, you know, we can, let's do this how we're, how we're comfortable. And if we just go to parties and we only play with each other and never play with anyone else, that's how we choose to do it. But the, the point there is making sure that they know it's something you've thought about. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That you're, that they're, that both of your sexual health is, is a priority to you. But again, a little bit of research, but not too much. Because again, if you come with all of these stats, then in some ways it can bring up this question of betrayal. Like, well, what else have you been doing on your phone all this time? I thought you were playing Candy Crush or looking at Facebook or whatever. And meanwhile, you're looking up STI statistics. What else are you hiding from right. me? So a little bit of research, yes. But again, let the research of this be a team endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. Yeah. By the way, in case you didn't know, Emma and Finn are paying me $5 every time I say team. So I'm just trying to get rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say this word a lot. I thought this was a drinking game. <laughs> we should have done that. It's late enough in the day where I am. Is it for you? Uh, it's I mean, uh, 1.30 in the afternoon. So. It's California, hey, though. It's a little loosey-goosey out <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Wednesday. We can have, we can have a drink. <laughs> Hump day, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, All right. The last major comment, or last comment from Mark. Yeah. Uh, he mm-hmm. said, if, if your mate turns you down, accept the no gracefully and let it go, realizing you can always bring it up again, say, a year later. And mm-hmm. we've kind of touched on this already, too, but it's important to reiterate. It also goes back to the team thing. Like, you can let it go just for a little little while. You can still put it, you know, bring it up kind of the dripple, the drip, dripple. <laughs> kind of you know dripping it in here and there but you can let it go for a little while don't bring it up Mm -hmm. you know every day multiple times a day let it be let it sit because and maybe your partner will do their own research in that time you never know yeah well and, and so one example of this that i like to give is if Back in episode two, we talked with Taylor and Ryan. And I mean, the way that they kind of got started was he brought it up basically once a year for a decade. Yeah. Before before they took the, the steps to actually make it happen. And, and if you listen to their follow-up episode, he's got a separate girlfriend now and she's dating a couple. So, right, just because it's mm-hmm. a no for the first year or the first five years doesn't mean it's a no forever. Uh, that's that's a big piece right. of it uh, that I just like to make people aware of that it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Yeah, and two things that I'll say from the from the therapeutic point of point of view on this is number one, as I said earlier, if it's a no, don't hear that as a no about you. Like, don't hear the I'm not interested in uh, in this and and twist it in your head and you're a freak because you are. Allow someone's no to not be personal or about you. Let it just be their experience. And if you are the person that is having is needing to say no, try your best to say it in a way that that expresses that. I don't think you're a freak for wanting to do this. I'm so thankful that you shared it with me. And it's beyond what I'm interested in. And then secondly, if you decide as a couple that the answer is no, don't let the conversation stop there the desire to figure out what's going on, what maybe was was driving this interest in non-monogamy. I have a, I've worked with a couple that one is very interested and one is not. And part of what we're digging on is what what is he seeking out of this? And 
as we break it down, part of it is like this feeling of feeling alive, of, of being, doing something that isn't the norm, of feeling plugged into something that's going to bring them together, but also for him to feel like he's staying on his edge. And so some people listen to these podcasts and they hear in, in many of us how we, this keeps us on our edge to grow and learn and know about ourselves. And keep in mind that non-monogamy is not the only way to do that. There are plenty of other ways to feel more alive within your own skin and to do that together. So don't let your desire for openness and honesty die with a no. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and so one other thing that I wanted to, to share was a, an, an email we got, and I'll keep it very vague because this person obviously I didn't tell them we were going to talk about it. But basically what the, the premise was is that they had brought up non-monogamy to their partner and they kind of shut it down. So the, the original person went back and like did some reading, found a, a good book about it and then gave the book to their partner. And they said, well, you know, they, they picked it up and they, every night they would read a couple pages, you know, or they'd read a chapter a week and then they, they kind of finished the book and put it in the bedside table and, and never mentioned it again. And the, and so their, their assumption was they're like, well, so it's just never going to happen. You know, it's been, it's been six months. We're done. Right. And so this kind of goes back to the conversation we had early on here, which is you went and consumed a thousand podcasts and brought this information and now they're playing catch up, right? They're, they're playing catch up mm-hmm. for probably quite a while. So, I think the fact that that somebody took the time to first of all not just read the book but finish the book and they didn't you know throw your book out the window and they're probably just thinking about it chewing on it because you you've maybe been thinking about it for a year or two years or three years and this is the first time that they've ever been presented with this information that it can take a while to digest mm-hmm. something this sort of outside of the box. Well, it goes against the societal norm right. a lot of times. That's the, I think that's and a it can big be piece. scary. Yeah, yeah, it can be very scary. And so to, to give somebody time to think about it and say, well, yeah, they finished the book. I, I don't need an answer the, the next morning, right? It's okay to wait a little while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we end this episode? Um, let's see if I can come up with a sentence that has team in it a few times. <laughs> yeah. oh, I feel like I've already repeated myself a lot. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We've kind of, re- this episode has been maybe a little bit repetitive, but we wanted to drive home the important pieces, I think. And, and acknowledge too, that this is a very, it can be a very scary and vulnerable thing to bring up and talk about. And that's okay. That's, that's, that's okay. Well, also keep in mind when we're vulnerable is when we have, the highest chance for connection. I used to work with incoming freshmen at our, at our local university. And I used to say to them, you know, people often remember friends that they meet in their first week of college during their orientation time. And, you know, why would that be? Well, part of it is because you are coming up and you're in such a vulnerable space. You don't have all your high school buddies. You don't have your family. You you feel overwhelmed in a lot of ways. And so in some ways, it's, it's one of the most vulnerable points in your life. And you're with other people that are also equally vulnerable. And then you connect and have this bond that lasts a, lasts a lifetime in some ca- many cases. And so Yes, this can be scary and yes, this can be vulnerable, but I always like to remind people that our deepest and most fulfilling connections come when we're brave enough to be vulnerable. That is Brene Brown all mm-hmm. over. If you don't know that name, please go watch her on, on YouTube. Um, 
But when we're thinking about this from a, a couple and bringing this up, the more brave you are to be vulnerable with your, with your partner and the more, the safer you make it for them to be the same way with you, that that's how you're going to get this connection that people are looking for. Yeah. Whether it's a yes or a no, yes, right? You're, exactly. you're going to discover things about you and your partner that you didn't know were there. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, well should, should we wrap it up? Convene the team meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Drink. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. we'll let people know at the beginning of this that it's they have to drink every time that we say the word team. Team. Oh, that would be great. Yes. <laughs> Unless they're driving, that might not be the best idea. Let's say pause this and go get go to the the beer store and then go home and listen. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine, thank you again so much for. I mean, everything you've helped contribute to the show and, and to the community. We're, we're happy to call you a friend and we look Thank forward you so to, to continue to do it to yeah. build awesome resources. With yes, you. for sure. And thank you to everyone who chimed in on this one. I know we put the call out for a while, so it was awesome to receive all of the tidbits and uh, information. So thank you. Yeah. And thank you guys for being brave and switching up a little bit of your platform and to offer some more educational ways and, and hearing from other listeners. Um, I love your, your original platform, but I think it's fun to add this diversity. So good job. And thank you for letting me be part of that. Absolutely. Cool. It's thank a, you. It's a pleasure. Well, let's go get that drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go drink some water and get an IV. Jesus. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye, Catherine. Bye. We're back again. Thank For the last time. Of this season of, of Focus Fridays. Yeah, it's just like when Stranger Things ended. <laughs> it's definitely not the same. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine, again for coming on another episode, having another conversation with us. And thank you to everyone who called in or wrote in and have gave their advice and their story as well. Absolutely. And once again, thank you to all of the contributors who helped make this first season of Focus Fridays possible. Sorry we named it Focus Fridays. We really <laughs> couldn't think of a better name. We really couldn't. We tried. And so if this if this is killing your brand, well, we, we just want to say we're sorry. <laughs> but thank you for listening. And thank all the way to the end, thank you for listening. And, That's all I have to say. Thank and, you. <laughs> and thank you to any of you who listened to this and are still listening and contributed to... Uh, the show helped make the show better by donating when you downloaded it. We seriously cannot thank you enough for that. And we just want you to know how grateful we are with that. We're going to roll the credits and we will see you guys uh, on the pilot of season two. We'll also see you next week for our normal show on Wednesday. I don't know if season two can have a pilot. I think the pilot is only, I, I the think the pilot's yeah. the beginning. Anyway, what are, what are you talking about? I don't know. All right. We'll see you guys at season two and, and we'll see you next week. Also Wednesday. next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you again. <laughs>